It's Cocktober. <laughs> that doesn't have to be the start. <laughs> it's fine if it is. It's it's uh, it's Cocktober, everybody. Um, did you see uh, the Peacocktober? Is that what you were referring? Peacock, uh, the streaming service. Wait, Pete Peacock has a Cocktober section. Yes. Yeah, it's called Peacocktober. And every it's, somebody made a joke about it, like Hulu is like Huluween, and they're like Huluween. It's simple, everybody gets it. It's fun. It's a good name. It's like meanwhile Peacock TV. It's like Peacocktober. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really bad. It's almost as bad as Hubie Halloween. H- Hubie Halloween. Wait, what was? How do you pronounce that? Was that an Adam Sandler movie? I don't know. I just keep seeing memes about it. Hubie- oh yeah, that. I- yeah, I thought you were talking about another streaming service, but yeah. Oh yeah, I would just I jump ahead, you know, like I'm I'm crazy, you know. ADHD. <laughs> I gotta look it up now. It's a good thing I have this this little handy app. What the hell is that? Well, it's called Letterbox. What is that a thing that film people use? Yes, it is. My God, <clears throat> there it is, Hubie Halloween. Yeah, that is an Adam Sandler. Yep, it's uh. Well, one guy rated it five stars. <laughs> oh, Karsten didn't rate it five stars. Karsten rated it three stars. Uh oh. Yeah. The uh, uh, Hubie hater. Hubie yeah. hater. I gotta unfollow that guy on shit real quick. <laughs> I thought I thought it'd be fun to start the this episode with a little game. Okay. Um, Ken and I have like a jar that we've put a bunch of horror movies into, and when we feel like watching something these days. We uh we draw from the jar. Okay. And since the this is random chance here, I thought it would be fun to see um what horror movie we get and then debate who would survive better in their respective horror movie. Okay, let's go. Okay, I'm gonna go in first. <clears throat> I'm not I don't know. Okay, so I got Rear window. Okay. So, do, do I need to be handicapped? Is that like the? Is that the? <laughs> yes, yes. You have to be handicapped. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm Jimmy. I'm Jimmy Stewart. Oh God. <laughs> I'm looking into my neighbor's window. Oh. <laughs> what are you doing in that, Jimmy? Oh. Oh, geez. The murder's happening. <laughs> Nobody believes me. <laughs> Just draw, just draw a movie, you crazy bitch. Uh, <laughs> You're making it up. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Okay. Okay, he's got a movie. Uh, <laughs> I got Hereditary. Hereditary. Okay. Hereditary. I um. Wow, these are not the conventional horror movies no, that I was kind of hoping uh, for. I don't think I could survive Hereditary at all. Dear God, yeah. If a cult was coming yeah, after you, yeah, bro. Like, specifically targeting you? I don't know, man. Or if I was allergic to peanuts. Yeah. Which I'm not, so I might survive. Yeah, that's true. Shit, I, we can't even really discuss Hereditary without getting into, like, spoilers for that movie. Yeah. Huh? I feel better about Rear Window, because it's, so it's old. older. Yeah. Do you want to you redraw and really I mean, quick see see what our... <laughs> if we see anything better? I'm going to go for the top. Okay. I'm going to go for the bottom. Sorry, this is not a horror movie. This is a comedy. It's oh, Young okay. Frankenstein. I got to put that back in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very good about my odds in Young Frankenstein. Okay, there we go. Okay. The Exorcist. And I got... Oh, that's okay. Uh... Yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry, I just put it <laughs> back in. Young Frankenstein. Uh, I thought that's it. <laughs> 
He's got Eddie Eddie Murphy's haunted mansion. I thought it said Hannah Montana for a minute. No. I was like Isaac. Who's this? Oh dear God! I got Eddie Murphy's haunted mansion. Okay, I'll draw one more. <laughs> what I'm realizing now is maybe Ken skewed it for like thrillers and comedies because yeah. she's the little weenie BB. Uh, the nightmare. <laughs> There were some scary ones in there. <laughs> okay. I know there are. Okay. Let's see if Casey can get. Let's get a scary. Let's go scary. Yeah, I didn't see that one. What's this one? Poltergeist. Okay. Can you can you survive poltergeist? Are they violent in poltergeist? I've never seen it. So yeah. Um, That's an Indian burial ground right there. Yeah, it is. I think there's like isn't in poltergeist. There's like a bunch of ghosts. I saw only the new version a long time ago. Oh, dear God. Uh, I don't know. Also, Poltergeist is also kind of a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's a PG. It's, it's a PG a, Spielberg, right? Uh, not Spielberg, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't. Is it Spielberg? Or maybe he just produced it. Oh, uh, Poltergeist is, like, Spielberg produced. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's yeah. Toby, uh, it's oh, to- shit, Toby, Toby Hooper. Hooper. He, he's, like, famous. He did, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, yeah. and Salem's Lot and stuff. Oh yeah, he was a writer. Spielberg oh, was a writer. Spielberg's poltergeist. That That's makes sense. strange. You yeah. don't usually see. Well, do you no. usually see him writing? Man, no. I'm questioning my whole like film education right now. Well, I mean, we can. See, I think he's written a little bit. Uh, yeah, he wrote the Goonies, Close Encounters, AI, and the new Poltergeist. Oh, okay. So, so I'm trying to see if I watch. That might be a story credit, though. That. That's true. That's true. Okay, I definitely watched the old Poltergeist, not the new one. It's kind of dumb that they remade it. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Did they remake The Exorcist? No, they did like a TV show of The Exorcist on Fox. There was like a trend. They did Rosemary's Baby. They did The Exorcist. And they did something else too, I feel like. And they were all like pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, I remember seeing like... When I watched Rosemary's Baby, I was like, this is a perfect film. Has it ever been remade? I wanted to compare. And then it was the miniseries with, like, I think it was Holly Berry. Yeah, Halle Berry's Halle in Berry's it. in there. I was like, like uh, never mind. I don't want to watch it. Because <laughs> I, watched, I watched a couple scenes, and I was like, this is really bad. But, um, yeah. What, I mean, what about yours, though? The Exorcist? I've, I've never seen The Exorcist. That's kind of like a, a, a guilty thing <clears throat> that I have to confess here. But um, I feel pretty good about my odds. I don't know. Like... People just being weird and like contorting their bodies in like funny ways. I think. Just, what? I said you could just shoot them. <laughs> I could just, I just. The priest didn't have a gun. No, I, I could just bring a gun into the exorcist. <laughs> I feel like bringing a gun into any horror movie it significantly like <laughs> raises your eyes. Raises your eyes to survive. You know, like I don't care that I'm in a wheelchair in rear window as long as I get a gun. Right. Yeah, that's something that Jimmy Stewart did not... <laughs> like a sniper, especially, like, oh my god, I see a crime happening across the way. <laughs> Just say, man. Say your fucking prayers. <laughs> <laughs> You're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> it's not even that long of a shot. I can make it. <laughs> the wind isn't going to fuck with this bullet. No drop distance at all on this bitch. <laughs> Do you imagine if Rear Window turned into a fucking like sniper action thriller movie? Rear Window would not be a movie that could survive 
in like today's like standards mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. for, the invention of cell phones already kind of like <laughs> damaged it you know yeah. um and, and just like modern <laughs> like firearms and just like the way that people are way too paranoid about everything like you know it, to believe that someone would hold their breath and not call the cops on yeah, their apartment yeah. like <laughs> neighbor is kind of like a stretch these right. days like people get the cops called on them for playing their fucking music too loud you know like it yeah it's very frivolous these days a, Police, a lot of the older story like film stories have been ruined by modern day technology indeed indeed and and, and speaking of, of frivolous um ways to spend your time did you uh did you watch any of those wastes of art the, i mean waste of space movies this week did yes you? i I watched several. Hold on. I gotta look at my diary. Oh, man. Go look at your letterbox diary. My letterbox diary. I know it was uh, podcast canon that I hadn't heard of letterboxed until today, but let me go see (laughs) (laughs) my backlog on letterbox. Isn't that so weird? Someone knows what I've been watching lately. I should probably get that checked out. Investigated. Yeah, Yeah. that's fucking scary. Um, I haven't been watching a lot of... um, horror movies uh but i did the closest thing i guess i watched possessor the 2020 film by uh david or i mean uh sorry i'm having cronenberg david cronenberg oh yeah brandon cronenberg i I, I haven't seen anything from the from the sun me me neither this is like his first like mainstream project that he put out that gained traction and i uh i didn't like it um (laughs) is it like too gory it no it's just like when it slaps it slaps but let me tell you, he is more concerned with creating images that make people on drugs go ooh than he is with his story, and that's really my main problem with it, is the story was kind of ass. Mm. Um, but the the visuals there's I was I'm thinking of a specific sequence where this guy like presses in her like face and it's like it turns into a mask. And it's it's actually really fucking cool. Like the actress is actually there, and he's like pressing on her head, and then she just deflates, and he like puts on her mask. It's crazy. It, it, without context, that sounds ludicrous. That sounds weird. Yeah. yeah, but if you watch it, it it's great. I loved it. Um, okay. Also watched the farewell, which I really really fucking enjoyed. Had you had you not seen it before? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, what yeah. a treat! It was one of the 2019 movies I missed, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it was super, super fucking good. I loved it. That that's got to be like the best adaptation of like a radio story mm. ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the like I remember listening to that NPR episode like forever ago, and then like I don't know. It, I think it's better as a movie, obviously, mm-hmm. because they have more time to like dedicate to it. And it feels like so. It's such a personal fucking film, and it's yeah. it's a damn shame that like a lot of people will probably stop watching it because. Most of it's actually in Chinese, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And that probably, you know, got it snubbed at a few awards shows. Yeah, but. didn't it? Um, wasn't it nominated at the Oscars though? I think. Uh, oh my god! I think it got cheated at the Oscars. If I if I remember correctly, like it might have been up for best pick. I think it got more Golden Globe cred than it Go- did yeah. It was, a, it was a Golden Globe uh, darling. Yeah, but not so much at the Oscars, which is you know something that disappointed everyone yeah i i can't say that it was nominated for anything yeah it did not get nominated at the oscars that's fucking that's crazy crazy. aquafina was fucking incredible she killed it 
Aquafina is incredible. Lulu Wang has like an incredible like direction on it. Like mm. I don't. That's fucking criminal. Yeah. That's yeah. No. A goddamn it was, crime. Is crazy. The piano scene where she start starts playing the piano, uh, and her family's like not paying attention at first. That's like one of my favorite scenes of all time. Really? Yes. I think that is a fucking amazing little scene, and it, it's so short, but I love it. Um, and then I watched uh, Dick Johnson is Dead. That's getting a Criterion collection yes. release, right? That's kind of what prompted me to watch it, because I saw it and then I read what it was about. And a uh, very interesting film. Really liked it. Do you know what it's about? I. It's like her dad. Um, d- does he have cancer? He, dementia. He's getting uh, dementia. dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh. And she's like, puts him in scenarios where he like dies a lot and shit. And just, it's, I don't know, it's a weird documentary, but it's, so cool it's so original and so cool and it actually won like the jury prize at sundance for i think it was sundance for most innovative story or something like that it was like Mm. basically they're like hey this is really original here's an award um i watched uh chappelle's new special the closer yeah getting a lot of backlash that's a big controversial one yeah i mean I don't know. I feel like you you really need to watch it because a lot of people. I've never seen Chappelle so like with his material. I've never seen it this kind of like bad. And I think he was as I was watching it, and a couple other people have pointed out that pretty sure he was making these really overdone and really bad jokes on purpose because he was like looking around at the audience. Like I think it was really a test for him, um, and yeah. especially since he's. He's going on a little bit of a hiatus after this, and uh, I don't know. It's really interesting documentary, uh, or I mean, stand-up special, uh, and it is kind of funny in some areas. But I mean, yeah, a lot. He go. He really goes in when he didn't really need to. But he, uh, I mean, just his reaction to the way people have been um, taking to it, you know, poorly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, oh, I love waking up and being canceled. Like I love this. Like. It's pretty clear that, I mean, even without watching the special, it's pretty clear that this was all for, like, a bunch of fucking attention. And, like, I, you know, it gets you a lot of, I mean, I know that being canceled for the most part is a bad thing. But if you play it just right, you might win over the right-wing crowd and get, yeah, like, tons true. of money off of them. And I think that's kind of the approach here. Or maybe he's just, like, Dave Chappelle's always seemed like someone who doesn't really give a shit about, like hurting people's feelings i think that this is different i think that he really had some fucking like i i haven't seen the full special so i mean obviously i can't talk about it as well as you but like from what i've seen like the fact that he defines what a turf is and is like i'm a turf by the way like yeah you know it's just like what what the fuck are you supposed to do with that that's not comedy at that point that Mm -hmm. just means like you're you're a fucking turf, and like you're you're admitting to be like a shitty person. Like I, I don't know what you want expect. Yeah. You know what's the joke there? Right. Dave Chappelle did this exact same thing with the exact special. I mean, with his last special too, Sticks mm-hmm. and Stones, and I, I I did enjoy that one too. And I I think yeah. that we all kind of looked over the transphobic con- comments at the time because. You know, it kind of seemed like he was just being an asshole to, like, everyone. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, oh, you are, like, transphobic. That's how I see it anyway. And I, I doubt I'm going to watch this special. Like, I, I don't yeah. really want to give it the attention. I don't know. But I, I I hate to see Dave Chappelle be like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I 
I don't want to fully call him transphobic, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so weird also because his uh, he had he had the uh, and he talked about her towards the end of the special. The Daphne, um, it was his transgender friend Daphne. Um, she she ended up committing suicide, um, but she like opened a couple shows for him when he was in San Francisco. Um, and she was a trans woman uh, that wanted to be a comedian and she loved Chappelle and she loved his whatever, whatever. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's basically saying him bringing that up at the end of the special is bring, is saying like, um, I can't be racist. I have a, you know, insert yeah. whatever frame here, um, <clears throat> which I don't know. Everybody, I mean, you can take it how you will. I, I don't know. I just wish that comedians would... I don't know what I just I'm tired of watching comedy specials that are immediately hit with all these fucking articles about is this okay to say is this okay to say and I'm like bro we have got everybody's got to start laughing together again because this is getting really annoying because you have a special that comes out and then you have all these comedians that fucking complain and they whine and they bitch about being canceled and they're losing their whatever and it's it's really fucking annoying um, and it's not what comedy is supposed to be about. So, I don't know, yeah. I mean, Chappelle needs to take a hiatus. Maybe if he comes back, he'll clarify some things. But he definitely kind of went all in on mainly just the LGBTQ community in this special. Whereas in Sticks and Stones, he made fun of literally everybody. So you're like, oh, okay, he's just joking. and yeah. But this one is just kind of insane, um, just how ridiculous he gets. So, um, but I don't know, that's all I'll say on that, but... Um, cause Chappelle's weird. Um, and then, um, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I, I just, I, I you, you saw, <laughs> I rewatched, well, okay. So I started watching Roma back in 2018 when it first came out and I never finished it. But what, what I remembered, I didn't like it. So I went back and I restarted the whole movie, watched it from beginning to end. And I still don't fucking get it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Cor- Alfonso Cuaron is probably one of my least favorite directors um, because he continuously chooses style over substance every fucking time. Um, and the worst part about Roma is is the sound design, I think. Um, because in his attempt to create a, a movie where you're going back to Mexico when he was, when he was a young kid in the 70s, um, he's recreating all these things and I I understand that, but for God's sake, if you're gonna recreate Mexico, the sound design has got to be better because there's nothing you can focus on. Every scene is just it, whether it's the kids all screaming, it's the dogs barking outside. Everything overlaps. There's not one sound that is above the rest. They're all equally mixed, and it's it's fucking awful. Um, and it's annoying as hell, especially when the stupid fucking parade people are marching down and banging on their drums and the horns and everything. It's just sheer terror in my ears. Um, and, and yeah, like the cinematography, you know, for the most part is, is absolutely beautiful. But it was, have you watched the Road to Roma little no, short documentary? I on haven't. The, and I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I, I can't really comment on the gotcha. mixing. But. I, he, he talked about how he wanted every one of these shots to be him. He doesn't want to borrow anything. And how they were framing this shot. Well, this one time and he's like no that's been done before and his cinematographer's like I like this shot better than the one you have he's like I know but it's 
it's been done before. We can't. And I'm like, that's the most pretentious bullshit I've ever heard. Like, everything in this movie is borrowed. He's very clearly, you know, invoking uh, or evoking emotions similar to, you know, Eight and a Half and other Fellini movies. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know where he was going with it. I don't see what everybody else sees in it. The story for me, it just didn't do it for me. Um, and, in, and including Corpus Christi into the mix was super, like, what the fuck? Um, even though that sequence was really well done. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. So I, that's really all I'll say about Rome. I don't want to have the mob on me, but... Um, yeah, you, you just... Too many airplanes in the goddamn movie, huh? You can't, but, you can't handle the airplanes, huh? The airplane shots are actually cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the airplanes. There's a lot. That's okay. So I'm thinking of the movie right now, and I'm and I'm thinking like what I like about it is that they that he brings it down to to the like personal like level that it's the story of like someone who often isn't like glamorized in film, and like I, mm. I do love that like that first sequence is just you know someone cleaning you know that's her life you know and i know that's going that's also been done before i mean fuck there's that whole french movie i can't remember the name of it ever where well, she it's, just it's like three and a half hours yeah. of her doing chores yeah you know? i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah I, I i'm not gonna butcher it i'm not gonna google it and then butcher saying it <laughs> yeah, so yeah. i'm not gonna fucking <laughs> figure it out right. um, but no i I really liked Roma when I saw it. I w- I'd love to revisit it and see if I see some of the flaws you see. I Alfonso Cuarón is one of my favorite directors, so I just I feel so at odds with you here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I I'm continually impressed by his work, and I I like the style. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like it's usually backed up by a pretty good bit of substance. Like I think Children of Men is especially a good example. And you disagree with me there, so I think you know I see. I see uh, treasure, you see trash. You know? <laughs> That's just how it goes sometimes. Let's uh, let's hear your dumb fucking opinion on something else, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, you, I, I watched also really quickly the last two movies I watched last night. I watched Magnolia uh, and The Two Popes. Oh, okay. The Two Popes, I really, really liked. The cinematography in that movie is really fucking stupid. They chose to film it like a documentary slash The Office and it just doesn't complement Anthony Hopkins or Jonathan Price whatsoever. But Jonathan Price is amazing in that role. That's like some of the best acting I've seen in a long time uh, coming from him. And I'm very, very sad he got snubbed um, for that. Or maybe I he didn't get fucking snubbed. fucking Jonathan Price. He's Jonathan so Price, fucking good. National treasure, I tell you. Everything he's been in. And, um, and so, yeah, I enjoyed that for the most part. Um, and then... Magnolia. Magnolia is like the quickest three-hour movie I've ever seen in my really? life. Really? Yes. So it goes. It goes fast. It it's goes not... fast. Have you never seen it? No, I haven't. And PTA recently said too long. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, now I'm even more intimidated no. to watch it if the director's over it. Dude, no. He does this thing with several points in the film where he the score sounds like it's getting like like something's about to happen, and he's cutting in between all these stories, right? So you're like, oh yeah. shit, something's about to happen. And nothing does, but he does that for like a 15 minute sequence and it's just flying by and you're like, what the fuck is going to happen? It's so fucking anxiety riddled. And then the ending of the movie is insane. It literally, there's a quote from William H. Macy that I put, William H. Macy's character in the movie is my favorite, but I put in my review his quote 
uh, where he says, I don't know where to put things, you know, I really do have love to give, I just don't know where to put it. And it is, with the context of his character, it's the saddest fucking line I've ever heard, and it made me tear up. And I love this movie to death. I'm definitely going to rewatch it because I don't mind sitting through that three hours again. Honestly, PTA is, he's getting up there on my favorite directors of all time. Like, this movie is fucking insane. If you've never seen Magnolia, go in blind, please. The ending, the last 30 minutes, is totally worth it. I just can't believe a fucking, like, 28-year-old made that movie yeah like, what the hell what who, who who's this youngster making these fucking films right you know? right <clears throat> shit <laughs> and i want to watch they have a documentary where it goes in he shot the whole film in 90 days uh which is fucking insane and they it's apparently documentaries about how grueling the process was so I, i'm interested to watch that as well uh, but yeah, yeah I'd, those love, are, I'd love to see that yeah um and and i think i will soon uh especially because licorice pizza is coming out yes I'd love to catch up on his filmography let's, that i haven't caught yet let's fucking go um okay so i i watched some movies too and this was honestly a banger week for movies fuck yeah um i don't remember if i talked about this last week i i, I watched psycho did i did i mention that last week no, I don't think so. No. Yeah, hey, fuck. Dude, I watched Psycho for the first time ever. Oh, the first time? Nice. Yeah, and I, what the fuck? How have I never <laughs> seen this goddamn movie before? I know. Because it has aged better than, like, you know, most right. movies yeah. that have ever been made. You yeah. Know? Like, the fact, it, it goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. It's still scary, like, mm-hmm. in parts. Like, I get that, you know, it's less scary nowadays because we're so desensitized to violence. But I mean, like, the way that he lingers on the violence, like, you you know, people will play the shower scene out of context. And yeah. it doesn't include the fact that you have to look at her corpse for, like, a whole minute and, like, for, like, a whole minute after yeah. that. And then on top of that, I don't think people realize when they watch that clip that up to that point, the movie is her movie. And, yeah. like, the money is, like, abandoned, and you're like, what the fuck is happening with the money? And then <laughs> she's dead, and then the fucking detective looks into it, and then he's dead, and I didn't Literally. know where it was going. I know. It's crazy. And I loved it. I loved it every minute of, of it, and I think it's brilliant. I think one of the biggest crimes ever is, like, the fact that they remade it. Like, what the fuck is up with that? Like, I actually didn't do know what's up with that. Um, my professor told me, the guy who remade The Psycho, uh, he wanted to do it just to practice his filmmaking skills. So he said, I'm going to do, I'm going to recreate Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and I'm going to do it like frame for frame nearly. I'm going to, all the shots he used, I'm going to do the same shots, same everything. And that was his way of practicing and the studio gave him the fucking money to do it. So that's really why we have that. I haven't watched the remake. I don't want to watch the remake, but that's, that's basically why. Apparently like the only thing with it that that could be admired is that like Hitchcock wanted to originally do the opening shot of the movie like one full continuous take across the city uh and then into Marion's like window um but the technology at the time didn't exist so he had to use a lot of cuts and dissolves to make that effect happen and in um the remake the shot for shot remake they do have the technology and right, so they did that. it um and it's like with you would think, though, with, like, a modern, like, film score with hot actors at the time, like Ben <laughs> yeah. Spahn and William H. Macy. and Wasn't Julianne Moore in that one, too? Oh, I don't remember if Julianne Moore was in it. I, I, I actually didn't see the full cast list, but right. it is pretty impressive on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in color. You have a much higher budget, I imagine. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it, it's for modern audiences, updated a little bit. That 40000 that sounds pretty sparse these days, becomes 400000 You would think, you know, Psycho should work because on paper, <laughs> it it, it's shot for shot, it should still be one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> it does not look like it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I watched no. a couple clips from the remake and I was less than impressed. Especially Shame. Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. <laughs> yeah, <It's funny>. <laughs> that's <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, the guy, uh, <clears throat> Anthony uh, Peck, is that his name? I think so. No, not Anthony Peck. Fuck, I'm thinking of Gregory Peck and someone else. What is um, it his name? Sorry, Anthony a? Perkins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the ultimate it's Norman Bates. He's fucking creepy. So. That last shot was is killer, man. I love that. With the skull, yeah. too. Oh, my God. It's so it's, good. It's good. It's literally, it's peak Hitchcock, and it's, like, perfect. It's a perfect movie. I wish I didn't know all the twists going in. Like, I wish I didn't know Same. the mom was dead. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, like, I feel like it must have been fucking crazy to see that movie in 1960. Oh, God yeah. Damn. He wanted, when he released Psycho... He uh, made a rule for all the movie theaters to not let anybody in once the movie had started. He said, you can't show up late. He said, you have to see Psycho all the way through to experience it. So he was kind of doing like the modern day like Marvel where it's like, don't spoil the movie. You have to see this movie in a theater and you have to watch it from beginning to end, which I think is really cool. Which, he's right. If you miss anything in the movie, I think it's kind of like, well, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Psycho, if y'all have never seen Hitchcock's Psycho, please, please do. It is, it's a brilliant fucking movie. I can't, don't avoid it like me. Or I didn't avoid it. I just didn't fucking see it. And I can't believe <laughs> I didn't. Um and speaking of, oh, she is a little bit psycho. She's copyright. <laughs> uh, American Psycho. Let's go. Um, I remember watching this in high school and thinking it was probably the the best horror movie ever made. Um, do I still love it that much? Mm, probably not. But like, I think it's still a fucking brilliant satire. And mm-hmm. also, just like my favorite Christian Bale performance. Like he's absolutely unhinged and uh-huh. like going off. Like uh-huh. he's fucking crazy in this movie. And I love it. And, and I feel like the cool thing about American psycho is it's, it's a movie that's specifically about eighties excess, but like this lifestyle of like frat bro, you know, like crypto bro, mm-hmm. like whatever that still exists today, you know? Mm-hmm. The stock bro is still alive and well. Bro, yeah. The fitness bro is still alive and well. Like, the <laughs> beginning of the movie is, uh, like, one of those epic morning routine YouTube videos. It's yep. like, I work out. I do a thousand crunches. Uh, <laughs> you know? Like, it, just this... It's like I, toxic masculinity at its center, I think, is, is what it's going for. Yeah, and I think that's why it resonates so mm-hmm. well. And I think that, you know, a lot of people dismiss it because... You know, it, it's hard to read it as a sat- satire because it never breaks, like, character. Yep. But, like, the fact that it's Mary Heron, like, a, a woman director, like, at the helm here. Like, I think that's why it feels so authentic. It's, like, yeah. who better understands the negative effects of toxic masculinity other than, like, a woman? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's probably experienced this bullshit in her <laughs> life. Um I think one of the interesting things about American Psycho is that the author hates the adaptation or he just hates the idea of it being put to film because he said that um, he wanted it to be very ambiguous in the Mm -hmm. novel, like whether the horrific acts that Norman, uh, I mean, not Norman, Patrick Bateman Mm -hmm. was committing were real. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And I think that's a bullshit criticism of the movie because I think it's still very ambiguous. ambiguous yeah. Like, um, do you know how Willem Dafoe's scenes were shot for this movie? Mm. So there, to to keep that like kind of weird like um, reality, like you're not sure if it's real, you're not sure what the fuck's going on. Right. Willem Dafoe did three different styles for his takes in the movies, and then they were all mashed together. So the first style was. That he's suspicious of Patrick Bateman and he's onto him. The second style is, oh, I'm not really sure where this case is going. I don't know. And the third style is like, I don't suspect you at all. And I'm your friend, actually. And so in the movie, you'll see like his posture changes from shot to yeah. shot. And his tone is all over the place. And so you, the audience member, and probably Patrick are like so fucking disoriented. You're like, yeah. well, do people suspect me? Do they yeah. not? And it, it's so brilliant. I fucking love it. And it's so funny. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the thing. The business card scene. One of the greatest scenes of all time. Yeah. It's so good. There's a reason it's still parodied. And, and same with the uh, with the Huey Lewis scene. Mm-hmm. That's fucking amazing, too. And, yeah. And just that monologue. Is so, I love the monologues in this movie. I yeah. think that's what really makes it for me. Right. Um, I, I don't know what I'd change. I didn't give it a five out of five, but like... It's it's pretty sharp. It's pretty brilliant. I think it's just like, it's not um, fun anymore after a while, though. You know, like it, it kind of yeah. does grind you down and go like, oh my god, this is nasty. This is ugly. Uh, and it's not bad. I mean, obviously that's what they're going for, and that's the horror element of it. But like, I do kind of like it better when it was yeah the, the funnier portions of the movie. I right. Guess. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I watched The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Let's go. Bring uh, it Fucking five star. Fucking yeah. brilliant. I, I love this movie so much. I think it's got the best practical effects. Ever. Out of, yeah, ever. Ever, ever. Out of any horror movie, out of any movie movie, the shit they do on screen is insane. It's completely unhinged, bro. Like, that, their, that makeup effects, the effects team in general for that entire fucking movie is on another level, you know, like mm-hmm. it's insane. I love I love the practicals. And I mean, it, even if you didn't have the practical effects, like the story here mm-hmm. is so interesting. Like I love this paranoia that mm-hmm. takes place like throughout the film. Like I love I love that you never quite know who's the thing and who's not. And even rewatching it, like I'll forget. I'll be like suspicious mm-hmm. of everyone again. And and this is my third time through and I'm still doing that shit, you know. Bro. Um I just think it's brilliant from from a directing standpoint, from a writing standpoint. Like they keep it simple, and yet the stakes are are large enough that you really are so invested in this movie. I it's just so fucking perfect. And the in the um the location Antarctica. Yeah, uh, that's the perfect spot to set a horror movie. I mean, if Alien is isolating in like yeah. space, you know, this continent like. That is not in touch with any fucking bit of civilization. It's, right. it's just as isolated. And the, and the words of of, uh, of Norm Macdonald, pick an area, a remote area most known for its remoteness. <laughs> That's Antarctica. <laughs> I love that. Um, that's all I'll say for that. Just go see it if you haven't. And, yeah. um, then lastly, I watched the original The Omen. Um, this was Richard Donner, the, the director who... Uh, made the original Superman movies. Um, and I, I kind of think the concept of the Antichrist is a bit silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's usually very scary. But um, Richard Donner directs the fuck out of this movie. Like, <laughs> it is so... 
it is so well framed. The the actors are all taking it very seriously. They never drop ever for a second. You know, I think this movie wouldn't work today because people would have to be kind of tongue in cheek about the premise a little bit. But right. to to these people, it's like so um, horrifying. Yeah, it's so horrifying and so real. And it is a brutal movie. Like I, what I like about the Omen is like it. It's got a very bleak ending. You know, it doesn't relent. And honestly, I know that horror movie sequels are supposed to be bad, but I would be interested to see where the character of Damien, aka the Antichrist, goes. Because, I mean, spoilers for a movie that's like forty years old, but like at the end of the movie, he's adopted by the president of the United States. He is in a position where he could become a world leader and I would love to see that story like right. through, you know? I like, need to I need to I need to watch The Omen. I've been, I've never actually watched it. It's fun. It's it's fun. It's got a lot of tropes that you would see later on. Like it definitely invented the final destination genre because there's <laughs> a, there's an element of the movie where the photographer takes pictures <clears throat> of people and you'll see like something in the picture and it's like, oh my gosh, I think something bad's about to happen to this person. And you're not sure what it is. Like there's at one point a line through a guy and you're like, what the what the fuck's going on with the line and all these pictures? And then eventually he's like under a church and like this sharp like uh, okay. like part like falls and it, it impales, impales him. him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it that's a fun element of the movie. It's like what the fuck is gonna happen to these people? Um Brilliant movie though. I, I do I, I do love the the hokiness and the cheesiness of this Antichrist um, idea, but I think they do it so well and and I think it, it definitely holds up still. Um, and there is Kennedy uh, coming in, coming in. Hello, hello, coming hello. in fresh, coming in hot. Hello. So uh, <laughs> we're we're done talking about movies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're never done. I, I was watching um, a, a channel that I respect, actually. Um, your Movie Sucks. Oh, you recently. respect you respect him? I do respect Your Movie Sucks. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's got pretty baller takes a lot of the times. But he does also have a lot of takes I disagree with. Oh, yeah. You, um, I, I, do, I like Adam. I mean, yeah. I was just joking. I respect Adam for the most part. But. Yeah, he, I know he doesn't... He gave Quiet Place a 3 out of 10, so I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> um, considering I gave it 10 out of 10, then yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I was watching... He, he went to like an online film fest, and he's done this before, and it's kind of bugged me. Um, but he mentioned when he was watching one of the movies, he wasn't really enjoying what he was seeing... And so he was like, I skipped to the like the last 30 minutes to see if that was any different. And then I turned it off because it, it seemed like it was the same. And I feel comfortable giving it the score. It's like a 4 out of 10. And it was making me think, like, can you review a movie if you haven't watched all of it? Like, if you just watch, like, the first 30 minutes and then turn it off or you watch whatever amount of it and decide you don't like it. Or that you like it, which I don't think that's usually the case. <laughs> right. Like, do you have, like, room to do that? Like, is that a, is that a thing? And I, I don't, I feel like this is a pretty complicated topic, but I'd like to know your initial thoughts on it, you know? My initial thought is, is, is you shouldn't do that ever at all. Um, I, there have been movies that I have 
watched only part of and then hated and turned off. And I log them on Letterboxd, but I never give them a, a rating. I would just say, like, for example, Killer Joe. Fucking hated that. That was a fucking vile piece of shit, trash movie. And I knew that from only watching 20 minutes of it. I turned it off and I logged it on Letterboxd that I had watched it. And I just put, I only made it 15 minutes in. I'm never watching this full movie. It fucking sucks. Um, but I, I to, to do, to have, that's just me. Right, a podcast with twelve listeners, um, not not somebody who works for like say the Verge or the Hollywood Reporter or anything like that, like or, or even in Adam's position where he has a YouTube channel where he his his thing is he he reviews movies, he reviews them. How can you review something that you haven't fully watched? I I don't think. I don't think it that that your review your review suddenly has no merit, and I, I specifically think back, shifting into another art form, uh, or it's just now being considered an art form, video games. Yeah. Um, IGN and a couple other places will not. It was it was a whole big scandal about a year ago that they yeah, Resident out, Evil Two, right? Right. He didn't play through the full thing and was reviewing it on a major platform that millions of people see reviewing this game. Based, and he didn't even play it all the way through. To me, that's heinous. And it's the same thing for movies. If I figure out somebody didn't fully watch a movie and they're sitting here writing this whole fucking report on it that a lot of people are going to read and that Rotten Tomatoes will probably use their score in there. You know, that's really frustrating. Uh, just for the viewer, I can't imagine how the filmmaker would feel, you know, that somebody didn't fully watch their their art piece and then they're giving them a review based on it. So that's my opinion. I think if you're going to review something... At least watch it all the way through. If if you're gonna stop a movie, then don't put out like a like an actual rating or an actual review. Just say I didn't finish it and give your thoughts on that. But don't try to, you know, solidify that I've seen this movie and this is what I think of it because you haven't. That yeah, that's how I think of it. I don't know what about you. I uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate today. It's a scary thing for a white boy to say, but uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think that. You know, if you uh, start something, you know, and, and especially in art, you know, if you start something and you like consume enough of it, like let's say it's the it's the hit novel by Stephen King, it, and let's say you read the first half of it, and then you don't really fuck with all the adult shit, and so you stop reading it. Um, I put in so much effort into that goddamn book you know <laughs> i i like wanted to finish it i didn't you know and, and i couldn't make myself because it just simply wasn't enjoyable um do i feel comfortable reviewing the book it absolutely because i i saw where those characters were going i mean we have feature film adaptations that have kind of filled me in on the blanks that i can get to experience in the original story and i know that the novel will be different but like I saw most of its tricks, I feel like. And I also feel like if a writer or an artist can't hook you for the whole thing, isn't that a valid criticism to bring up? Um, and again, remember I'm playing devil's advocate. So if you say, <laughs> oh, Isaac sounds so fucking dumb right now, I'm trying to give some credence to this right, argument. Right. I think that um, there's something to be said about uh, you know making your art have consistent... Um, Value, And I know that there's a lot of movies that rely, well, a lot of art that relies on, you know, 
enjoying it for enough time so that it can kind of twist your perception of it. Like, I I think, like, if I had started Malignant from this year and turned it off at the halfway point, that would have been a damn shame because I think <laughs> yeah. that, like, the ending is so fucking entertaining mm-hmm. and I would have never gotten there. And I think that's why, for the most part, I try and watch movies all the way through is, like, I want to see what they have at the end. But I also recognize, like, if you're someone who... And I, I think this is something that you fairly brought up. We run a podcast uh, that we don't get paid for, and we do <laughs> mostly for our friends, you know? Right. Um, but, you know, a, a channel like Your Movie Sucks uh, is getting requests all of the time. He is working on, like, these large projects, like, you know, his Lion King review, like where he does extensive research and does all that shit. And... I feel like when it comes to these festival flicks where he wants to give just like a general like feeling of how he felt about it, you know, like if he wanted to do all that shit that he normally does for a movie where he watches it multiple times, takes extensive notes and makes a pretty lengthy video like he would. And I don't think that every movie needs that attention. Now, it's mm-hmm. a bit upsetting when it's a movie we like. Like, I, I know A Promising Young Woman last year. This is another movie Adam said that he didn't watch all the way through. He watched the first 30 minutes and then tuned into the ending, and he gave that a 5 out of 10. Why does mm-hmm. it feel more egregious that he did it to that than a movie that we haven't heard of, you know? That's true, yeah. Um, man, it really kills me that he didn't watch that movie all the way through. I didn't know he did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, like, I think that um, it bugs us more when we have a personal opinion in the matter. That's true. And and I think this has always been the problem with the way people consume reviews in the first place, is that a lot of us go into a review with a sense of entitlement. Like, if my score that I've personally assigned to this movie doesn't reflect, I mean, doesn't match up with the reviewer um then they're wrong and they're full of shit and also maybe they deserve to die like like i i cannot count the amount of times that i've seen an ign review get like totally bombed in the comments just because they don't fucking agree you know like with whatever your dumb personal opinion is like and i'm not saying it's dumb to have a personal opinion i'm just saying it's it's a bit naive to think that everyone should have it or like a bit um psychotic even right you know i i I didn't tell you that you know roma is actually a a four and a half star movie and (laughs) i'm gonna fucking shoot you with a gun if you don't change your letterbox score that's unhinged (laughs) yeah psychotic yeah yeah and if you had said i watched the first 30 minutes and i didn't finish it i mean i'd be upset but like you know, if it, if it wasn't your thing, why should you force yourself to watch like a two and a half hour movie, especially like? Well, I'll, I'll, this is I'm glad you brought it up. This is exactly why I chose to go back and and because originally I didn't have any any want to any any willpower to go back and, and rewatch Roma because I already made it an hour through and I, I didn't like what I saw. And but we it, we brought it up on the podcast I think a couple weeks ago yeah and then somebody else mentioned it to me and I thought <clears throat> you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the whole thing because maybe if I watch the whole thing I it will maybe uh, and, and it's been a couple years since I watched it I've you know learned a lot grown a lot let's give it another shot if I had if I had just 
rated Roma a half star after off of what I've seen, which is really what I was feeling before rewatching it. Uh, I would have been uh, upset with myself because when I rewatched it, I, I gave it two stars, yes, but that was definitely not as kind as I was feeling thinking back on it when I first watched it in 2018. I but I rewatched it and and you know that towards the end, I mean. Like, the, the third act of the movie is where the movie really shines, and I was really actually enjoying some of it in that third act. And so when I went to review it, I thought, you know, I'm actually glad that I went back and, and watched this whole thing all the way through. Uh, because if I had just, you know, skipped around, or if I had just started from when I left off two years ago, with I, it just, I wouldn't have given it this, it would have been warped, and I and I just don't. Like, I, I hate doing that. I feel like there's, like, a bunch of movies I've never finished that actually can live rent-free in my head that I'm like, I really need to finish watching that so I can, like, actually have a clear, concise opinion yeah. on it. It would drive me batshit fucking crazy if I stopped watching a movie and was going around talking about it and like without having finished it. Or at least watched it all the way through. I, I don't know. I don't know. For me, I, I can't... I just cannot agree with somebody with 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 doing that especially because because things change in movies. What if there's a twist? What if there's something that happens that makes, you know, the first 30 minutes of the movie make sense for you with the filmmaking style and everything? Like even the two popes. I saw I was 10 minutes into that movie and I thought I might have to turn this off cuz I fucking hate this egregious cinematography. But just 5 minutes later I understood why they were using that cinematography, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, let me look at some of their other choices, and some of it made sense, and that allowed me to enjoy the rest of the movie. If I had turned it off, I would have been upset with myself, because I actually really enjoyed The Two Popes. Yeah. So, you know, it's things like that, and, and I mean, of course, <laughs> of course, there's, like, things like Killer Joe, where I, you know, maybe I do need to watch all of Killer Joe, but I just really, it was so bad for me that I really didn't want to. And I'm okay with never having an opinion on that movie. I um, so I want to. I didn't play devil's advocate for very long, but I'm just thinking about like why I agree with everything you're saying. Like I know that it's kind of ridiculous to assume that everyone needs every detail of like a movie or like a book when they're mm-hmm. writing a review. Because the thing is, you've probably forgotten most of the specifics when you go in to write that review. Yeah. Anyway, you know, you have a few moments that you're really thinking of. You're thinking of some general elements. Like, you know, think about all the times that you've completely ignored, like, a movie score when talking about it, you know? Like, if you really cared about the whole picture, then certainly you'd write down everything you think about, like, everything. Mm -hmm. But that's just not, you know, efficient. You know, that's just not how people consume media and that's just not how memory works like unless you have a photographic memory how could you um remember everything precisely like there's a version of a movie that exists in your head and there's a version of a movie that exists in my head they are not the same movie when we think of the shining you and i probably summon different visuals Uh, with a movie like that though with such pop culture relevance i mean we probably think of a lot of the same ones but Mm -hmm. that movie is probably different to both of us yeah what i Okay, what I wanted to get at, though, is that I think what informs our opinions on art, if we have good, (laughs) I mean, if we have full and developed ones, Mm -hmm. is that we've seen all of it. Like, and I think what makes it um, so obvious to me what the right answer is, is like, if you look at The Last Supper, 
are you allowed to critique it if you've just seen Jesus in the middle and you haven't seen all of the apostles <laughs> yeah. around him? Like, it's a pretty shoddy drawing of Jesus if you think about it then because right. he's small and tiny <laughs> like, and he's not all that well detailed, you yeah. know? It's like, what's going on with this painting? So, like, you don't consume art that way. So, right. like, why would you consume a movie that way if you don't see the full intention, if you don't see the full scale mm-hmm. of everything how could you possibly like, you know, critique that? Like, imagine watching The Matrix and not getting to the part where <laughs> they say reality's fake. Like, of course you're gonna think this weird green looking fucking movie where a bunch of people look like <laughs> they're in like '90s sex clubs. Like, yeah. of course you're not gonna like it. Like, right, there's right. nothing to that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and that's and that's what I'm thinking of right now. It's just like. Why would you just, like, say shit about something you don't know about? Because you truly don't really know if you haven't seen all of it. Like, and I know that's so flimsy, and it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy the movie. Like, it doesn't mean it's going to change your opinion if you see all of it. But, like, at least you know, like, the full intent. At least Mm -hmm. you know that you didn't miss anything. Like, I don't know. That would drive me crazy Mm -hmm. if if I just, I don't know. it's It's another matter of, like maybe this is only me a lot of people feel cocky but like sometimes when i see a full movie and i don't enjoy it sometimes i think was i smart enough to enjoy that do do i get everything that's going on here like i don't have that kind of hubris where i can guess everyone's intention and every like plot line thread and its meaning and its analysis like you know sometimes i just sit back and i'm like that was really boring, but, um, you know, a lot of people like it, so I guess maybe I'm wrong. The Lighthouse. <laughs> the, the Lighthouse, yeah. yeah. I, I I, honestly didn't enjoy my viewing of The Lighthouse the one time I watched it, which was crazy to me because I loved The Witch, um, and I love a lot of things about The Lighthouse. I, I think what happened with that movie was overhype. Um, I don't know. I, I want to see it again. I want to form a better opinion. And that's the that's the thing is, like, God, if you don't even finish a movie, I mean, I hate to think about all the movies that you kind of need to rewatch to get a fuller right, right. like appreciation of that are lost in time now because someone didn't want to put in the fucking effort to like, yeah. enjoy it. Like it took me four times watching Blade Runner before I liked it. <laughs> I don't know, and I I know that sounds absurd, but I'm glad I watched it that many times because yeah. now I recognize it, you know, as as a great piece of art, as a mm-hmm. very important piece of art. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely, like, there's definitely some movies I've seen before that I didn't like that now I wonder, you know, with my, now the knowledge I have of just everything about life in cinema and everything, if I go back and watch this, will I like it? But, and sometimes I have to, like, sometimes you have to shut that part of your brain uh, down with that little voice. It's like, hey, you're just not smart enough to, to understand this because... I didn't understand The Lighthouse when I watched it either. When the credits started rolling, I was like, what the fuck was that about? It wasn't until after that I was talking about it uh, with Luke in the car. after We, we drove to Oklahoma to see it because we didn't think it was coming to Little Rock. And we were driving home. We were like, wow, we, like, I really loved that. I loved you know all the images there. I loved the acting, the score. like Everything about it I loved. I just don't, under, I don't get what it was all about. And after talking about it and then seeing it a second time, it solidified my my 
my first initial reaction slash opinion of it, which is why I think it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you, you don't understand. I, I thought when I was watching Roma, I'm like, I've got to be missing something. But then I thought, no, you're you're not smarter than, you know, fucking 50,000 people on Letterboxd that have reviewed this film five stars. That's like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, yeah, maybe in a day or two I'll be thinking about it and something will come to me. But for the most part, I, I think I get it. And I think that my initial opinion on it is is pretty set in stone and that's that I just don't I don't get what the hype is around it and I don't particularly like it. But that opinion only comes from watching the full damn movie. You mm-hmm. know, you you've got to consume all of it instead of just little parts of it. If if you want to I, I don't know, put out a, a review that millions of thousands of people are even are even gonna see. If you want to engage in the the zeitgeist, I guess, of whatever movie is coming out. I don't know. That may have sounded really convoluted there, but yeah. I don't know. I Now I'm thinking about it, though, and I think this whole topic kind of reflects the whole idea of film criticism is, like, how how highly do you value your opinion? You know, like, how true. how true do you think your opinion is versus other people's? And, like, my opinion is definitely, like, watch the whole movie. You know, like, yeah. it, finish it. Mm-hmm. But also I think, like, oh... You know, The Dark Knight's like a 10 out of 10, but like if someone on the street is like, eh, you know, it's got a lot of tropes that I think we've seen overdone in the superhero genre and it's a bit overhyped, uh, I give it a 5 out of 10. Like, do I beat that guy up? You know? <laughs> I, I don't do know. Do I take out a gun and kill him? Do I, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is like, with this, you know, we obviously have a pretty strong viewpoint about like how movies are enjoyed. Like, how... Um, you know, film criticism in general, like how it should be. Um, but the fact of the matter is, like, our opinion is not what makes the world go around. And, yeah. and, and, you know, some people see life and they see it as short as it is. And they're like, I'd rather not waste my time with something that I don't think I'll enjoy. And to, to be fair, when your life is like Adam's and you watch movies all the goddamn time and you see so many shitty ones, I mean, you got to be pretty numb to to the experience of watching movies. Like I think why it's so special for me is like I don't watch multiple movies a day. You know, I put one on every every now and then, and mm. I want to watch it all the way through because I I take a real enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. But because that's his like career, you yeah. know, like do you think he even gets that joy that he used to? And I mean, like, do you think it helps that like people who generally like his content are now like you know, are bitching at him, like, hey, watch the whole fucking movie. Like, I don't think that our opinions about the matter should be important to him. Like, if he feels okay with that and he feels okay putting a video out, I don't know, let him, like, let him be wrong, you know? Like, I'm gonna let you be wrong about Roma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, so, I mean, you brought up, does he even get, like, He's watched so many. I know I probably haven't seen as many movies as Adam has. It's not even as many movies as like a, a lot of other people in the world have. But I, I take pride that my letterbox right now, I've, I've updated it as close as I can. Every now and then I'll find a movie. I'll be scrolling. I'll be like, oh, I haven't logged this. I've definitely watched this. I've got a little over 1,400 movies that I've seen in my 22 years of life. I think for me that's pretty impressive. I still get very excited every single time I sit down to watch a movie. And I can only imagine that somebody like Your Movie Sucks or Chris Stuckman, Jeremy Johns, everybody 
gets the same excitement sitting down and watching a movie. Because I, I, I mean, you'd have to if they keep they keep putting out reviews. They keep they have their you know whether it be their YouTube channel, their blog, their whatever. It's still alive and they're still going. They're still watching movies. I can't imagine doing this if you didn't feel joy every time you sat down to watch a movie. Which is why it is so frustrating for me that he that he does that and that other people do that even with like video game um, publishers and and things like that or critics, not publishers. Uh, it just it just kills me that because I, I still get excited every time I watch a movie, even if it's a shitty movie. At the beginning of it, I'm still excited to see it. Yeah. And I, if it's even if it's shitty, I'm still gonna watch it all the way through because there could be something towards the end or in the second act or very at the very end that piques my interest and puts it in a whole new perspective for me. It's like, oh well, if I hadn't finished that, then I had this you know opinion that I already had would be maybe kind of skewed. And it doesn't matter if everybody else, nobody else is gonna know that, but I know it. I know that my opinion would have changed, and so that's why that's why it bothers me. But then again, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm not saying you have to watch. I just I think, in my opinion, that if you have a platform, you should probably watch the movies all the way through. Yeah. Uh, you know, or and if you're not going to, then just don't speak on that movie. Maybe you could. I don't know. I like. I, I realize that I've mentioned in passing if I've started something and I'm vibing with it. You know, like I. I started that horror movie House forever ago, and I never finished it. But like I yeah. mentioned it on the podcast, so I was like, "Hey, you know, this seems pretty cool. I like I like where it's going." You know, I I, I don't think that's a full review though. And honestly, right, no, to, yeah. to, to to be true, I you know when I go on Letterboxd, um, if it's been a while since I've seen something, I don't log it. You know, like mm-hmm. I used to do that, but now it's you know I'm older and I haven't seen things in a while, and like perspective is always changing, so I I, I don't really feel comfortable like logging a movie yeah. that it's been like even like three or four years since i've watched you know like do i remember it well enough to fucking right. uh, log that shit and i mean what i what i normally do is just say that i watched it and if i don't feel comfortable like actually logging it i'll just say like i've seen this i just don't remember if i liked it or not um but uh, you know what's weird um in a way, we do this all the time, like trailers. You know, you see a bunch of mm. clips from a movie out of context, and people often form their opinions about whether that movie is going to be bad or good, or whether trailer. it's worth even seeing. You know, yeah. uh, how is that different? I guess than just like skipping through a movie. You know, yeah. I, I guess because someone's picked those clips and they've curated them, and they've been like, "This right. is the hot shit. <laughs> this is where they're going to tell the funny joke in year yeah. one." <laughs> There's only one, so we gotta put it in the trailer. <laughs> gotta put it in the trailer. Yeah, I, I, I mean, movie trailers. We need to have a whole episode de- dedicated to trailers because there's like a whole. Uh, the trailers are stupid. <laughs> I like, I like trailers. I like specifically. I kind of like what uh, Joel. I think it's Joel Cohen or Ethan Cohen. Which one directed the tragedy of Macbeth? Oh, I think Joel. Joel. Okay, so Joel Cohen. There was a, a trailer this morning. I woke up and you know the tragedy of Macbeth uh, dropped. The trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. It's like forty seconds long. Oh, nice. And I'm like, this is a, this is a trailer. This, this is good. This, this is, is what a trailer should be. If I see something, a trailer drops and it's over two minutes, two and a half to three minute trailer. I'm like, what? What? What the fuck is this? Like, I don't want to see all this. Like, you can. And the the thing I, I think about. The most is the Batman vs Superman trailer. Oh, actually, yeah. just every DC. You think trailer. about that trailer. All I think the time. about that trailer all the time. You you go to sleep and you're. I thinking, go to sleep and I'm like, what the 
for fucking sham. Uh, <laughs> but discussion for another time, I guess. But you know, yeah, yeah. trailers definitely do. That's influence. a hot top. That's a hot top. Yeah, hot pick. top. Hot topic. Hot topic. <sighs> you want to go hot topic? Absolutely. Uh, do you see this septum piercing? Let's get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Let's fucking go to hot topic. Maybe drop by Spencer's too. Hey, hey uh, b- before we're at hot topic, uh, t- respond uh, to this episode to this question. Yeah, can you can you review a movie if you haven't seen it all the way through? Can, should you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> should you just accept that you're wrong and you should go to hell? Should you accept Christ as your savior to avoid going to hell? Should you? Should you? Should you? Is this your sign to get baptized? Call 1-800-GET-SAVED today. It's a, it's a Bones Day. Go do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Bones Day. And cut. Cut. Uh, that's our thing now. We do We say film, cut. And we're like, action, action. too, when we start the podcast. Yeah. It's like film theory. Yeah. And, and cut. cut. That's really good. Let's keep that in. Cut.